Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Headcase. I'm Stephanie, your host, and I am here with Shelly Davidson. And Shelly is a parent, clinician, and founder of a parental wellness company in Washington State. So we're calling her all the way from Washington. And she's developed this parentally centered company out of necessity for other parents that are preparing for their newest family member. With so many organizations solely focusing on the baby, she decided to build a company that centers around the parents' well-being. She collaborates with other like-minded professionals in the healthcare industry on a range of topics from postpartum depression and anxiety, parental mental health, teen health, COVID and kids, coping with pregnancy and infant loss, bipolar disorder, resiliency, following trauma, just to name a few. So she's really excited to share some of her own experiences with postpartum anxiety in hopes that um, other mothers don't have to suffer in silence. So Shelly, welcome. I'm so excited that you're on. Thank you so much, Stephanie. I love it. So tell me a little bit about how you started this company and what led you there. Yes. So Run Tell Mom, this is what I consider to be my other baby. So when I created my business, like you mentioned in the intro, I started by thinking about this idea of the overall health promotion and preventative measures for parents. And this includes mental health. So what does that look like for new parents? There's so many different businesses out there that focus specifically on the baby, the baby's needs, the baby's room, the overall safety of the baby. But when it comes down to it, the parents are the ones who are tasked with this responsibility of caring for this child. So my thought was, why don't we focus a bit more of our attention on the parents? And so I started thinking about this more. And, and when I say parents, I mean all parents. This could be single parents, same-sex parents, heterosexual parents, adoptive parents, parents who are going through IVF treatments, um, even bereaved parents. So there's so many different types of these parenting models. And so with my company, Run Tell Mom, we promote uh, mental wellness for mothers and fathers. We think about uh, parental sleep quality, nutrient depletion, and repletion. We also think about uh, work-life harmony and childcare accessibility, and all of these things are rapidly changing now in the midst of a pandemic, what is available to parents. You know, with that, just to kind of describe just a bit more, um, we think about the social networking component and support groups, so cultivating the sense of community with other new parents during a pandemic. And, um, you know, we're asking people to socially distance themselves and, uh, you know, to practice all these safety measures. But that's very atypical for new parents when you're supposed to socialize your children. And so in essence, to kind of summarize, I'm like a clinical uh, wedding planner, but for parents. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. really is like this one-stop shop for like all your parental needs. Pretty amazing. I, yeah. To have all of these things well, available. I try. <laughs> and yeah. for each family, you know, like you're saying, it's, I try to make it a one-stop shop, but obviously everybody has different needs. So we try to tailor each resource to suit each right. family. And, and so that takes a lot of, it can take a lot of time. Yeah, you really have to get to know the parents and they have to be open to accepting this kind of help as well and kind of figuring out if they don't know what exactly is ailing them or what what their issues really are. And because 
you know, anxiety and depression. They're different, but they kind of fall in similar categories. That's also hard to decipher. So really helpful that you have all these resources available. Yeah. And I think for parents right now and just parents in general, sometimes it's hard to ask for help. And so, you know, this idea that we're parenting through a pandemic, you know, parents may be losing their jobs and that can lead to concerns about financial security, food security, that increases stress and anxiousness. And then there's the isolation component, which, you know, we're asking families to do something totally different than what they were kind of recommended to do before, which was to get out and socialize your children and build these communities. But that just looks so different now. Right. So your plans and solutions for parents have pivoted as well based on what's going on in the world also. So you basically have to change your whole game plan in order to accommodate what's going on and all these new kind of stresses that are coming out of nowhere that people never had to worry about before. So it's like a challenge on both ends. Big time. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. In fact, when I started the, the pivot of everything. It was right around February or March um, when, and like I said, I'm in Washington state. And so there was that case of, you know, the, the nursing facility that had an outbreak that was a mile from right. our house. And so wow. it, very intense time. Um, you know, I have a husband that works in the healthcare field. We have two young children, Um, you know, very intense. And so when I started kind of reshaping things, I thought, what do people need right now? Because right now is what matters. Before all of this, I thought, let's focus more on sleep. Let's focus on, you know, the nutrient repletion depletion. But now we're talking about intensified childcare crisis in this country. And, you know, like I was saying, the financial security, food security, things that are at the core, the most important for families. And so when I started restructuring things, I started reaching out to people on social media that I found to be, you know, in service to other, other topics within the household, whether it's paid family medical leave, child care, um, you know, different safety measures, providers who are doing large studies on masks versus no masks versus, you know, the, um, the neck coverings. And so everything changed. Yeah. yeah. And did you find that the clients that you've already had who maybe were pregnant or having or have young kids and maybe already suffering from like postnatal depression or anxiety, did you find that they needed almost more attention and we're struggling more due to COVID? Absolutely. Yeah. I have had people who reach out to me in a crisis and I have to be very clear with people that I'm not a therapist. Um, yeah. And a lot of the coll- the collaborative work that I do informationally um, with other healthcare providers, I'm, we're now doing this either over social media or um, phone meetings and creating spaces where we can talk about it. But this is, it's, it's so new to everyone. And so now you're having to talk parents through, you know, an experience, which on average one in seven women will experience these types of postpartum symptoms. But now that number yeah. is so much higher. Yeah, higher. absolutely. Afraid to even go outside with their kids at this point. Yeah. Or, you know, you get all this conflicting information 
online. Yeah. So the other struggle is that the news component, right? Where do you find your verifiable information? And so parents, when they reach out in a crisis, a lot of this is, you know, whether it's a first, first um, child born, second, et cetera, um, you know, they're concerned about the safety precautions or they're feeling like they're having these intrusive thoughts more often. And so the pandemic has definitely heightened those feelings. Yeah. And they, people don't have their, their normal ways of coping. Like if they were wanted to go, you know, on a vacation or go for a walk in the park and the parks are all closed and these normal routine things that they kind of incorporate into their daily lives that help them cope with whatever is going on. And that suddenly shut mm-hmm. off. I can see that just being hugely impactful in the worst way. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of that outside time too, it's like, well, if you go out for a walk outside and you're taking your toddler, now you can't take your toddler to a play structure. I mean, some places are opening up now, but before they were all closed. Right. They're opening up and they're shutting down again. They're opening up again. It's very confusing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's confusing. And that cyclical kind of here's the rebound. This is when we're supposed to get better. Okay. Now things change. Here's the rebound. This is when things are supposed to improve. Now things change again. This has been going on for months now. And you don't want to instill fear in your own children who are super young and don't really understand what's going on. They understand there's a virus, but they don't know that much. And Mm -hmm. they almost know as we all know, because it's still so confusing. So it's sort of, it's crazy how much is thrown into a parent's lap right now as you already Mm -hmm. are responsible for your family and your children, especially being that the kids are who they look to you for all the advice, especially mothers. Like Mm -hmm. really they lean on the mother so much when you constantly are now having to be like the stay at home mom and the teacher and work from home and provide food and games and normalcy to some extent. It's just a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're asking so much of parents right now. And I think about um, even beyond that, I saw this statistic yesterday when I was online and it said four times more women have left the workforce in comparison to men. And in September alone, that number is roughly 900,000. And so wow. when we <laughs> right. At first, when I looked right. at the number. I was like, "That this can't be right." That's the number is so large. So when people leave, you know, the workforce, or they, you know, either don't have the healthcare coverage that they need to take care of their children. I mean, we're basically putting families in this position where we're asking people to prioritize the financial component over health and safety. Right, and even uh, parents who are used to, you know, going to therapy and and things like that, and they're no longer able to, and then it's all switched to, you know, telehealth or something, which doesn't always work for everyone. It's not always the most effective form of therapy for mm-hmm. for every parent or person. Sometimes they need a little bit more, like, face-to-face or hands-on help. Like you said, you you give resources like sleep hygiene, and I know sleep has been a big issue for people over this virus because when you're inside mm-hmm. all day, and then, you know, you, you if you have like a small home and not many areas to work, like often people work, work where they sleep and then that throws off their sleep cycle and all of these things kind of factor into it. 
Mm-hmm. Well, sleep has a, it's a huge impact on, on mental health and your overall physical health. I had a discussion with somebody recently, um, a therapist who mentioned that people who would be like more willing to isolate prior to the pandemic, this has made it so much harder for people to come out of their homes, even with loosening yeah. restrictions, because they, you know, prior to this were already you know, home bodies and, and prefer to do everything from home. But now it's like, well, I don't want to leave my house. Especially if you're like agoraphobic or have any of these um, Mm -hmm. other phobias and things like that, that makes it 10 times harder to actually assimilate back into the outside world again. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of postpartum anxiety because I started thinking about, you know, the signs and symptoms that we kind of look look for and screen for in people. And so many of these are tied into this pandemic parenting, um, what is going on now with parents and how this has heightened um, some of these disorders. So like, for instance, you know, sleep changes, as you mentioned, um, right. constantly wo- worrying and panicking, ruminating on the thoughts that something bad will happen or could happen, um, right. visiting, appetite change, um, you know, this could go into nervous cleaning and sanitizing things and worrying about overall safety of family. And so this has definitely um, made it more difficult for parents who may already experience or be predisposed to um, some of these diagnoses that, you know, now with this setting in, it makes it that much harder. And so this is why right now community support and and mentorship is so important yeah absolutely so do you think prior to the pandemic and everything obviously postnatal anxiety and depression were really prevalent amongst mothers Mm -hmm. and even you know fathers suffer from a lot of that um anxiety as well do you think much of that at least for women is like hormonal or do you think it's more situational based on like the, the stress and the fact that they now have to keep someone else alive basically besides themselves. I think it's, um, th- there are multiple components uh, that mm-hmm. kind of influence this. I mean, if you think about it, so most women will get one postpartum appointment and that's, you know, kind of overall picture you get one. And then on average, um, most, people will have 10 to 15 prenatal visits during the course of one pregnancy. So when you look at that, that's already a disparaging, or it's it's not, there's a huge disparity there between the two um, number of visits. And so, you know, during those visits, you get all types of stuff done. You get your blood work, you know, you'll get an ultrasound, multiple ultrasound screening, glucose tolerance testing to look for gestational diabetes, you know, urine check, um, right. heart rate, blood pressure check, Doppler checking for fetal heart rate. And, and so you get all of these things prenatally and then boom, you have your baby and they, and right. everybody says, wow, the, the baby's so cute and let's hold the baby. But we start thinking about like who holds the birthing parent. Who's, right. who's looking after them? Yeah, and so, they're the ones who get through this traumatic experience almost, you know, to your body. Yes. It's a huge, it's a huge challenge. And to answer your question, you know, is this 
hormonal? Is are these are there other components that factor in? There's many different components. First of which, yeah. yes, um, there's a lot of hormonal changes, and you know, there's another study that showed I think it's something like eight. It can take 18 months to rebalance the kind of nutrients back into your body during a postpartum period. And so it's a long time, 18 months. Your child's yeah. practically a toddler at that point. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, you know, sometimes these hormonal changes you get or lack of nutrients and these electrolyte imbalances and all of that can, can kind of spark other issues like autoimmune diseases or even, you know, disorders like panic disorder, or bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. things that you maybe mm-hmm. were dormant before and kind of kind of come out later. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot that goes good and I think it's not talked about and people don't really consider all of those factors when when they start a family because everyone's just so focused on like the bright side, which is great, but you do have mm-hmm. to consider kind of the other things that come along with that. Absolutely. I mean, hormonally, your your body, if let's say you're the birthing parent and you deliver the baby, your body is changing hormonally to push this baby out. If, you know, you have yeah. vaginal birth, um, cesarean, you, you know, that's a totally different, very, um, it's a, a very big surgery. And so the healing right. process is is a big one regardless. And, and so when yeah. you have all these hormonal changes, you also have the mood changes that comes into it. And that can look like, you know, for um, perinatal or postpartum mood and anxiety disorders, it can be baby blues, which there's like 50 to 80% of new mothers will experience, you know, some sort of like weepiness or mood swings, but then that um, in a prolonged period, then goes into another diagnostic category. Yeah, and it's interesting because you said it could take up to 18 months, and a lot of mothers actually, you know, they get pregnant, like, not even a year after they give birth to their first child. So it's Mm -hmm. interesting Mm -hmm. to see how that is almost layered on top of each other before it's even had time to fully snap back into place. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about how amazing it is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, it really is. I mean, your body, like I said, it's going through changes after carrying a baby, let's say between 30 to 40 weeks, you're carrying a child. And so everything goes to that child to keep that child thriving. And so after you have your, your baby, your body changes, the hormones change, your feelings change. And then on top of it, you have priorities changing. You have the, you know, you're tasked with an additional responsibility of, you know, making sure that the baby is well fed. And then there's the mom guilt, which I can only speak from my place of I, mom guilt for me, which is right. comparison, all these things you know, contribute. And so when we think about taking care of our mental health, we think about, you know, do you have access to a mental health specialist? If so, can you afford it? Right. You're comparing, like the comparing thing you said, you see all these mothers on social media and they really paint the picture of the best days that they have a lot of the time. Um, And you obviously get those few people who are very honest and upfront about what they're going through and everything on their 
on their platforms, but there's also the whole thing with body image and like you have this pressure to lose weight and like get back to your mm-hmm. free baby body and all of these things. And like that really weighs on mothers as well. So it's just impossibly hard to explain. I feel like for people just don't say underestimate think how difficult it is. Yeah. And, you know, like you were saying, the snapback body, that image of the snapback body, you know, we see supermodels that will have a child and then they're runway ready right away. And you wonder, how is this even humanly possible for your body to snap back like this? I mean, you think about, well, if you have a personal trainer, do you have a chef? It's really interesting. I actually... I took a whole class on lifespan development and after my, after I completed the class, I was just beside myself how any baby is even born alive. <laughs> like it was shocking <laughs> what the body mm-hmm. goes through and how, how many teratogens that babies are exposed to in mm-hmm. just the early, early part of pregnancy that I was shocked. I mean, I, it's no wonder, especially during probably the first child that you have, you're extra cautious about everything because you're just so nervous about anything that could go mm-hmm. wrong. But it's just amazing that the things that our bodies go through and just through environment and people around us, like people smoking or, or whatever it is, things that we don't, don't even know or notice in our daily lives that could affect pregnancy. And it's incredible. Like I admire mothers so much for that. It's crazy. Yeah, the the body can do some incredible stuff. I know for me, for for my pregnancy, it was what one would describe as pretty uneventful. Me, I didn't have like a lot of, um, you know, situations in which you know my child was in in danger, like my growing baby was in danger, or I was in danger. I mean, I was definitely sick for my first trimester, so, so sick. And on top of it, I was going through my clinicals. And so I hit, I kept my baby hidden from people for months and months. Um, didn't talk about yeah. it. And so I was going in and out of, you know, the restroom in between patients, feeling totally sick and dizzy, feeling like I was going to pass out and thinking, right. is this normal? <laughs> I just thought like, you know, even with having a clinical degree, to me, it it didn't matter because now it becomes real, right? This is your body. Right. This is what you're experiencing. There's only so much that you learn from a textbook. And so when I was sick, there was one period of time where I was super sick. Um, they were testing me for, for influenza and all this stuff. And I was knocked out. I just, I could barely get a, out of bed for a week. And wow. I just thought to myself, like, is the body supposed to feel this nauseous for this length of time? And so a lot of these experiences that we get to share, whether or not we share them on social media or friends, you know, our, our community that we cultivate, it's important for people to know and understand that every pregnancy is totally different. And so you're going to look different. Yeah. The weight gain is different. Your emotions are different. The way you carry everything. And there's really no right or wrong mm-hmm. way to be pregnant or go through pregnancy or, you know, I think there's a lot of judgment from the outside world and how you're supposed to do things. But I think mm-hmm. it's whatever mm-hmm. is right for you works for you, but that can vary from different pregnancies that you have in your own life too. You can have four kids and they could have all been very different pregnancies. 
Mm-hmm. And I've heard that from people, people who have reached out to me saying, oh, with my first child, I felt fine. And this one, I don't. What's going on with me or what is wrong with me that I feel this way? And that whole idea in our mind that something is wrong with us. I want to get that out there that nothing is wrong with you. Your body has just done something that is absolutely incredible. And we need to give ourselves space and grace for that to heal and to really like take, find ways to take breaks. Absolutely. And do you work with mothers who have um, had miscarriages and things like that? Because I know, having a miscarriage and then, you know, getting pregnant again, it's like a really scary for mothers or if they're working with you and they're going along and then they have a miscarriage that can be extremely affected on their mental health as Mm -hmm. well. So like I mentioned, when I say parents, I say all of them. So if you need, you know, bereavement support, I'm actually collaborating with somebody tomorrow, uh, Kylie Hannah. She has a company called Return to Zero, and we're going to do an IG Live on infant and pregnancy loss because October is Infant and Pregnancy Loss Awareness Month. And so we're going to be discussing that. But, yeah, I mean, everybody, I hope to – I wish I could try to multiply myself and, what like, my – big lofty goal of what I feel like I'm, I'm trying to achieve as, you know, starting this thing and just help every single parent because, you know, everything is so different for everybody in your first child. It's not going to be like your next child. And they're not, you know, maybe they have a speech delay. Maybe, you know, they wear things that you didn't think that they necessarily were going to wear, act a certain way. Everybody's is so different. And that's, like the beauty in this is finding all of these, um, you know, different stories from people. It's, it's a very intimate experience to be able to look at like a snapshot of somebody's life. Right. And it's interesting that you help parents long after, you know, they're given birth. And I know you work with teens as well. If there's teens in the family that are having issues and things like that. So it's important that you're, you're kind of speaking to parents who have been parents for a long time, not just new parents or expecting parents, but parents in all aspects of the word. Yeah. And that was the the new pandemic pivot. I'm just going to call it because, you know, at first I just thought this company is going to be for the preparation of, you know, parents going through their pregnancy and then during the postpartum, early postpartum period. But then all of this happened and like, no, more people need help than this. Obviously, there's a huge amount of like our population. I think something like 40 percent of the U.S. population are parents. And so it's a, a lot of people. Yeah. But just that idea of being able to provide resources to families who have teens for like coping with the pandemic or whatever it is. I'm happy to do that. I can imagine just how tired parents are these days and that alone Mm -hmm. I mean we talked about sleep a little bit but that alone just that can drive you to completely debilitating changes in your in your health and your body and everything too so especially if you're stuck in a small home or no matter what where you live like even an apartment in in the city or something like you have to kind of make shift like a whole day in one space and that can be super difficult, I can imagine, for parents. Yeah, 
And especially now that we're asking parents to work from home, now that yeah. home has turned, it's, it's not work from home life anymore, right? Like your house is your right. job. And so it's almost a reversal. So how do you sleep at your yeah. job? And, <laughs> right. And it, it's, it's hard. It's also like if you are someone who cannot clean your own house, like because it's too overwhelming for you or something and you rely on, you know, mm-hmm. having someone come over and clean so you can focus on your work and then have your kid in the other room doing school and things like that. I can't imagine having all that responsibility just piled on, on top of me. Yeah. On top of everything. Right. And with people who do experience, you know, postpartum perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, all these things just compacted. It just makes it so much more difficult to cope. And so, you know, establishing care with a mental health provider is so important and also being able to manage these things by recognizing and identifying how you feel and relying on your, your tight circle. And do you um, provide resources for support groups for families or parents, mothers who, who have these anxieties so that they know that they're not, I mean, it's very clear they're not alone. There's so many people suffering from these things, but you can feel very isolated, especially if you're physically isolated from people in that, you don't know if you're yeah. the only one on the, it feels like you're the only one in the world going through these things. So is that something mm-hmm. that Run Tell Mom does? Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the time, um, you know, when people reach out, because this is what I've created and what I'm trying to do is so new that sometimes it's kind of hard to say, how do I market this? Like, what what am I trying to tell people? And so people at first say, you sound like you're, are you a therapist? I'm like, no, I'm actually not a therapist, but I, I have a, I, I have a clinical degree. I am te- technically a clinician, but what I'm providing you is this kind of evidence-based positive parenting package to kind of assess like what, what do you want family life to look like for you and your, your own health? Right. It's kind of present what your issues are, what you're suffering from, and you make a plan based on their needs of what will benefit them short-term, long-term, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that changes. Yeah. And I noticed on your website that you actually can connect online because I'm thinking about, you know, these, these new parents who are concerned with not having other friends who are parents too, because maybe they had kids before their group of friends or whatever it is, or not having, you know, like those parents who have kids that they can have their kids play with and things like that. These are things I've never even crossed my mind until now that, could be something that to worry about as a parent. Yeah. I mean, that takes a lot of digging too. It's like, you know, where are you located? What are your general likes? I mean, it's almost like, and I thought about this before when I started building this business, but it's like Tinder for parents. And so I know peanut has a similar platform where you swipe to connect with parents. I think this is a bit different though, because when you start kind of, thinking about how relatable you are to somebody else, especially during this, you know, changing period of time over the past several months, everything is changing. You start thinking about what your priorities are and what you want for your children. And so that really can reshape what your support circle looks like and, and your connection to other new parents. 
absolutely can totally change the kids that your daughter or son played with in the playground. It could be a completely different once you're back at the same playground later. <laughs> it can totally change. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like you need to set up shop. Like you need someone helping you run this from every state in the country. This could be very <laughs> big company. You can see like it, it has already so much growth potential because of how it really can help every single person in so many ways. Yeah, that that is the goal. That's the million dollar goal right there. And I don't mean like, hey, let's stuff my pockets. What I mean is like yeah. there are so many parents out there that if you work on the parent, your investment is so large into your child that that energy Absolutely. and that like well-rested, nourished, mentally supported parent then has this child and you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm preparing my environment and my space for you to thrive. Now look at what kind of child I have. That's a big investment right there. I think it's the most important investment of all. It is because I mean, if you're at your best, then you're giving your child the best. And then a lot of, I think people don't realize how much rubs off on your kids at such a young age and how much they actually do retain and remember because they're, brains are like sponges as babies like they really remember a lot of things and like there could be periods like if you're a very stressed person like they will feel that and you want to make sure you're giving your best and giving them the best you can but you just you want to be the best version of yourself you can also so you don't want to be crumbling under pressure of being a parent absolutely And, you know, there's so many different ways to kind of support and nurture the parent. I mean, you can hire a doula, uh, you know, a prenatal or a postpartum doula. You can involve a midwife. I mean, there's there's totally different ways to kind of focus more on the parent. I mean, some people have an OB or a midwife, but in addition to can hire a doula, you can get a meal train. Of course, this costs, a, you know, it can cost some money, but when you think about the overall investment and how you can do this, you know, there's, there's grants available to people that you can apply for to obtain these resources. But that's the other thing too is if a family is interested in hiring a doula, I can help with that because there's different ways of searching for, you know, how doulas are certified, where they're located, you yeah. know, personal fa- family experience. I think in no time you're going to have like a team of medical experts, doulas, nurses, everyone on on board with Run, Run Tell Mom. I hope so. That would be so cool. <laughs> I love the name. Good name. Well, you mentioned something in the beginning of this podcast, which was everybody seems to go to their their mother for something everybody. that they need, and that's exactly where you know, kind of the thought process behind my name, which is run tell mom, I'm going to come to you for everything. But that was from my point of view, which is, you know, I joke with my husband and I say, he can be sitting right next to my three-year-old and my three-year-old will say, mommy, can you do this for me? And then my husband will say, but buddy, I'm right here too. (laughs) So that totally happens. So it was this based on your own personal experiences with your own anxieties and postnatal depression or or just like things you noticed in friends and family? I mean, both. For me, yeah. the anxiousness kind of, I guess, prior to even being pregnant, my 
like people who know me know that I have, you know, an anxious, I can be anxious during certain things, especially when it's like high performance things, I get anxious. And so when I was pregnant was actually this during this period of time where I would tell myself your anxiousness and your stress will impact the growth or impact your um, baby. And so stay as least stressed as possible. And so Mm -hmm. I remember having a patient, a patient coded when um, the the week that I found out I was pregnant, a patient coded because I was working in Oh, what department? It was like an inpatient department. And the person that I was working with was a palliative care director. And we both looked at each other and I was already feeling super sick and dizzy. And we had to run a code on this patient. And I just remembering have this rush over my body that was like, I'm taking care of this patient who's going to code. And now I'm going to be responsible for a baby. And then from then on, I was just you know, you think of it, it puts some yeah. things into serious perspective, but yeah, really um, I definitely experienced uh, postpartum anxiety, you know, worrying about, you know, the health and well-being of my child, his safety, the ruminating thoughts. Yeah, I dealt with it. And there were times when it would get really, really, really difficult. And I would kind of think to myself, you know, even with X type of, you know, education, why am I feeling like this? So it's that compounded with being very hard on yourself and struggling to kind of navigate who you become as a parent, what you want for your child. It can definitely bring up those feelings. And so, yeah, I definitely experienced it. And that was another motivating factor in the development for this business was not wanting other parents to go through this experience or this feeling. It can cause a big strain on marriages too, which is, something I hadn't mm-hmm. thought about and different parenting styles come out. And, you know, if you're really dealing with a lot of internal stress and mental struggle in a different way, because you literally carried the child and delivered the child and the father, they have their own separate issues, but may not understand yours the same effect that another mother would. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's the whole family dynamic. I mean, since it's different for everyone, it's like you can have a mom and a dad, you can have two moms, you can have two dads. Like there's all these different kind of frameworks right. for parenting. But once you have the, the child with all the priority changes and then emotional changes that comes with it, you just hope that like in the back of your head, you're like, do I have the right partner for this? You know, <laughs> when the dog is a whole different area of stress and just unknowns and uncertainties that you just don't know what you're you're really getting into because you don't have that experience of carrying a child for nine months. You just get your child and it's born and you have a baby and you don't, you don't go through those kind of like that growth period with the child. So it's a whole different set of nuances and new things to learn, but it's almost thrown at you in a different way. Yeah, and, and with that, parents can experience resentment. Like, why yeah. does parent X get to sleep, but parent Y has to wake up in the middle of the night with the child? Or there can be, for some parents, you know, I've spoken with a bunch of parents who have said this, breastfeeding resentment, pumping resentment. If if you decide that you do want to breastfeed, either way, if, if you don't, that's fine. If you do, that's fine. But if you do decide, and that's a commitment, that you are the parent that's doing that. So for some parents, that's another thing that we talk about, which is, Let's right. set up a feeding schedule 
so you can pump and then the other person can sleep and, you know, you can alternate in doing that. But yeah, parents can yeah. experience resentment. I mean, it is true what they say. It takes a village. <laughs> totally does. It really does. Well, Shelly, this has been an amazing conversation. I'm really just so impressed by this company. I think moms are superheroes. Parents are superheroes. I love Run, Tell Mom. We're definitely going to promote it as much as possible for you. And we'll just shout out your website now. It's runtellmom.com. And your Instagram account is the same, I believe. Mm-hmm. Run, Tell Mom. Well, I'll definitely... when. If and when I ever become a parent, I definitely will be seeking out your services because this is just such a necessary business. It's like one that people didn't even know they needed, I feel like. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's like very smart to start a company that you almost need yourself. It's like, what do I need as a parent or what would I want it when I was pregnant? And then you start that and then that's how these things become the most successful. Absolutely. And that's where that's basically where it came from. I needed this and I started thinking, well, I didn't have this. So what, what do I want it to look like? And that takes a long time to decide and to add and subtract and kind of think about like, is this necessary? Is this additional? You know, yeah, it's still taking some time. It's still evolving. And so I'm just excited to be able to provide this for families. And, you know, like the, the family is my most important organization. And so for when other right. businesses talk about, oh, we invest in X, well, the family is where I invest. And so, well, yeah, I appreciate that, Stephanie. It really is the most important thing. So I'm so happy that we got to connect and talk about this. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I love it. And I'll be promoting, um, you know, your podcast as well. So I, I love what you're focusing on. I think it's really cool. Oh, thank you so much. All right. Have a great day. Okay, you too, Stephanie. Thank you. Bye. Bye.